Hello, everyone, and welcome to the preview podcast for issue number 26. This week, we're doing something a little different, a little familiar, a little the same. As always, as you guys know, what we usually like to do when not much is kind of going on, we like to do a nice movie club where we watch a movie that has come out in the past and kind of talk about it. However, since we did that last week, we don't want to kind of do a repeat pack-to-back movie club. So we're trying something a little different where we are going to read a comic book or a graphic novel and talk about that this this time around. Um, so this time for the first ever comic book club, I got to have the honors of choosing what we read. And I chose the what I call a hit 2008 to 2009 comic book series called I Kill Giants written by Joe Kelly, uh, who you might know as one of the writers who gave a lot of fame to Deadpool. Uh, Also, he is part of the studio Man of Action, which has done Ben 10, along with a bunch of other things, Generator Rex as well. Yeah. Um, A really good writer. And actually, I'm sorry, before I continue, the artist is J.M. Ken Nimora, right? Did I say that right, Casey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you got Nimura. it. Nimura. I haven't really seen him do too much other stuff, so this is pretty much my only exposure to him as well. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. It has a great art style to it. It's got a very cool uh, manga kind of feel to it, but we'll talk more about that Um kind of on Thursday, but just give you guys a brief synopsis. If you want to go out, go to your local library, uh, pick it up for free, give it a read, download it, go to your comic book uh, store, buy it, whatever you do, however you read comics. I definitely recommend this one. It's great. Um, And in the words of Joe Kelly, without giving too much away, it's a story about a girl who's a bit of an outsider. She's funny, but totally in our geek land, and she's obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons and she doesn't have a lot of friends she's a bit of a social misfit she's taken her fantasy life a little too far and really only talks about giants to people she's convinced that giants are real and giants are coming and it's her responsibility to stop them when they show up this weird little fantasy life that she's uh, she's got going on has started seeping into her real life and we see things from her point of view we see that she sees pixies and she sees signs in the clouds and and other things that might be telling her that bad things might be coming. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I've read it before. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years. But I would say it's kind of like a combination of Iron Giant, Lilo and Stitch, um, with a little bit of the with a lot of bit of the feels in it. So be warned, you might feel something during this. No. Yeah, if you if you have feelings, I don't know, maybe maybe not. Um, speaking of feelings and and pieces of art, nothing more than feelings. <laughs> so many feelings. Speaking of which, uh, guys, I want kind of want to ask you for the preview podcast. What is the what is like the the one piece of literature slash movie slash comic slash whatever that you've read or watched or taken part of? That kind of got an emotional response out of you. 
and like the, like one of the more prevalent ones as well. I'm gonna start off with Casey because we missed you last week, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, I actually have a few. I got uh, just I guess if if I could just go through them quick, I got one for movies, one for video games, one for comics. Uh, my one for movies, which will always stick with me for whatever reason, um, is I cried at the end of Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, and my mom always laughs at me whenever this happens, but it's... I know! When Bruce Willis is saying goodbye to his daughter, I'm just like... Oh, God, I just that broke was down. One. I was like nine or maybe seven. I don't remember when that it movie was. It was that quick. Podcast over. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's nothing that can beat this because it's so pathetic. I don't want to close my eyes. I know. It's I don't want to fall asleep. Just a combination of things. <laughs> and the full realization that he was going to die and never see her again. I don't know. Someone just hit me. It was the first movie I ever cried at. So I remember that one pretty vividly. Um, other than that, there is a... <laughs> Sorry, Dave's gonna be we're, giggling for the rest. We're of the talking about podcast. serious stuff, and we can't stop laughing because. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, there, there was a bit in Fallout Three where you, uh, if you walk around for long enough, I think in like the northern part of the map, I forget where it is, but you get a radio signal about a guy who's talking about like he's like, my son is sick, we're trapped in a sewage drainage gate, someone please help us, and like, my thinking is not. You know, I I usually play a pretty good character in in these games. I'm not like a total asshole, but so you're thinking like, oh, you know, maybe it's a quest. Maybe you can go help this, this, and that. When you get there, to the source of the radio signal, you see a bunch of skeletons, some toys, some medical equipment, um, and some books. And it's like all these people have have died waiting for someone to help them. And it's like, oh wait, you know, it makes sense. This radio broadcast is probably over 200 years old. Like, there was nothing you ever could have done. And it really, you know, for for a game like Fallout where there's humor in it everywhere, because people are just crazy in these games, to get hit with, like, a genuine moment of how bleak this world really is uh, was very striking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in that same vein, my my pick from comic books is... um, is actually when, when Hellboy dies... Which is something that happened, I probably within the last. Spoiler alert! Yeah, well, come on. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, the the character's been in comics for like, like twenty years now. I had no idea, Casey. It's okay, not spoiled. It's not big. I wanted to get into it. You can still get. Well, into I mean, he's it. a demon. It doesn't. It doesn't so, like... ruin anything because his adventures don't stop. Nope, it's ruined. Oh come forever. on. Forever. Anyway, after a very long and perilous journey of figuring out, you know, stuff about his life, Hellboy struggle has always been. You know, he's fated to become this giant beast of the apocalypse, and he just kind of wants to be a regular guy and protect the world. Something, you know, people just know from the movies. His travels end up taking him to fight, uh, I believe it's Nimue the or Queen Mab. Uh, some people from that are kind of in line with Arthurian literature. Basically, he fights like the queen of all the witches uh, in mm. the middle of England, and he's packing Excalibur, and he's pretty much ready to kick some ass and she turns into a dragon and it's like the like the bloodiest hardest battle he's ever had to fight and at the end of it he wins but her ghost comes out and he's just like oh crap and she reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart and she's like if there's like a hundred screaming witches pulling me into the depths of hell you're coming with me and i dropped when i held the comic in my hand i actually dropped it 
because I couldn't believe that after everything this poor son of a bitch has been through, he still ends up getting dragged back to hell. A whole life of adventures, of successes, of losses. He finally beats probably the most evil thing in existence, and he he gets cheaped out of his victory and killed. It was it was, it was just so unfair, and. I didn't, like, break down, but, like, it was just... It hit me in such a strong place that I was like, Fuck this! Like, come on! Like, get, cut him a break, this poor bastard. I love the character to death, and his adventures in Hell are actually pretty amazing. So if you want to check that out, too, it's like... It's kind of like he's Conan, but in Hell. Which, it's great. It's great stuff, mm. but yeah, oof. Seeing, seeing him in his final fight, that was that was some tough stuff. Damn, that's this emotional emotional stuff going from Armageddon to Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the yeah. You, know, well, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta start it off late. We can't have this whole thing be. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys be deep and heavy. You guys have no idea. But I had to mute myself like a little bit after like I, that last giggle because I just started. I was basically laughing uncontrollably after that. I don't know oh, why. Sure. Something about something about <laughs> it's it's funny. Something about it's Armageddon. I'm sorry. Something about. That. Something about Steve Buscemi riding a nuke. I want to feel the power between my legs, man. <laughs> so ridiculous. Now, all, all I can think of is like Steven Tyler and that horrible fucking song. Don't get me wrong. It's a great song. But that summer, I think they play it like 50,000 times everywhere. So it's oh, like, God. It, it was me. everywhere. Although, to be fair. Medic. To, to, to be fair, the, when we did visit you, Greg, for PAX East, and we were like walking away back to the train... That song was playing in my head and Sergio's head. So I'm just saying, just saying. It's not that I'm bad. Sure I was, in your head. I was, I was following point. you and playing it. Yeah. <laughs> that was real life. Um, Dave, since you're so so eager to giggle about Casey's feels, let's hear about your feels. Oh, God, I'm an emotional bastard. Jesus. I know. <laughs> everything, everything affects me. Even cat videos make me cry. Oh, um, God. So for games, I have... It's like kind of hard to pinpoint. So for gaming, I'll just do it really quick. Um, Final Fantasy VII. Like, Ooh. when Arius gets killed, that mm-hmm. kind of was a shock to the system. Like, it, it was kind of foreboding. You saw it coming, but still at the age of like 11 or 12, you kind of don't. Sure. So yeah. like, when she died, I was like, son of a bitch. And then that fucking song they play when you fight Genova... You know, mm. it's just, like, so, like, heart-wrenching. And then how, like, the first CD ends, it's like, son of a bitch. It's, like, the first video game I think I've ever played. Other than, like, Resident Evil, which kind of t- takes you out of it, but first game where I actually fell in love with the characters, where I had a character, like, die on me, you know? And then mm. when I finally beat Final Fantasy VII, I was, like, so many hours I put in this game. I have never spent so much time on one particular game in my life. Holy crap, you know? So that got me a little emotional because I beat the game. I probably spent more time than like a more time ever in any game playing up to that point. Um, Halo Four, end of Halo God. Four when Cortana. I already dies. know what you're gonna say. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I just live somehow. Uh, I think I stole Surges, but yeah, the end of Halo and end definitely the end of Halo Four. Just because, I mean, Cortana's been in that series since day one. You know. And she was the only other voice that fights with you and fights alongside you. And all of a sudden, she's, like, gone. Like, Halo 3, I fought my heart out to save Cortana, you know? I think we all did. And then Halo 4, she just, she just dies. It's like, what the shit, man? 
So definitely Halo 4. Um, and last one for gaming. I know I, I did a lot, but last for gaming is the opening scene for The Last of Us. That was mine, yeah. but I have a backup. Yeah, I'm not going to say it to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it, but those that, that opening scene is probably the worst scene I've ever played in anything. Even I don't think I even ever watched a movie that was that bad for like the first like opening opening minutes. So definitely there. Um, when it comes to comics, uh, I don't think I can think of anything. Cause I'm not too big into comics like you, like you, Greg or Casey. Um, so nothing really comes to mind for comics. I might circle back to that later on. Like I'll probably scream like, "Oh wait, I got one." Hey, um, but what about movies? But movies. Dave also cried at the end of Armageddon. <laughs> Just no, but it. I did cry. I did cry at the end of Terminator too. What? Really? Yeah, when they lowered him into the into like the molten steel, dude. Oh man. Hell yeah, man! Because like Schwarzenegger's like my hero, dude, and it's like that at the end of the I got choked up. I'm like a little kid. I'm like seven, like six or seven, watching this, and it's like, but he can live. I understand why they gotta destroy him. He can live with them. And it'll be great, you know. We now know why you cry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something you can never do. But yeah, that's. I mean, I'm, there's plenty more in there, but I don't want to get too far into oh, it. But let's let's hear uh, Greg's. Yeah, mine. Greg. Uh, game, Walking Dead season one, the ending. Some intense shit. That's I'm not gonna ruin it for anyone, but there's some some pretty pretty good feels going on. Uh, that's my, that was my second. My first was the same as you, Dave. Um, since you took everyone's just while you were at it, took Surge's, took mine. <laughs> uh, why not? Um, it was you know the intro to The Last of Us. If you haven't played it, you don't have a PlayStation Three or Four. Uh, go on uh, YouTube. Go on Twitch. Whatever. It's someone has to have a video of it up there. It is keep, intense. Keep in mind, guys, we spoil a lot of stuff on this uh, on our podcast. I mean, a lot. Nothing's really left to like not be spoiled. And we have yet to say shit about The Last of Us. So that should tell you how good this game is if you haven't played it yet. Oh, it's it's easily. The best game on the PlayStation 3. And the uh, remaster for it is really well done as well. I didn't dive too much into the remaster. I, I have it digitally on my PS4. But uh, I'm waiting for a point where I forget most of The Last of Us so I can replay it and have it be fresh. Uh, so that's certainly one of them. Not I didn't like cry during it, but I had an emotional response. It was very similar to Conan O'Brien's when he first played Tomb Raider. <laughs> yes it's just like oh God. the way she dies and some Every things are death. so fucking brutal dude they're so bad you feel so bad too yeah. just the way she's just like Bleh! yeah, yeah. Like, oh God. go down those rafter or those rapids and you <laughs> you hit a spike and it just like oh, gets her in the neck God. and she you're like whoa what the fuck what, who, where did this come from what did she actually record that gurgling noise yeah so gurgling up. sounds way too legit so it wasn't like a, a sad emotion. I mean, it kind of was. You're just like, oh, poor Lara. Like, because I can't get my shit together. She's dying horribly a lot. Um, but it just it just kind of had that like gut like, whoa, this is un like this is uncharacteristic of this game right now. Um, but yeah, that that definitely stuck out for me in terms of movies. Lilo and Stitch. 
a good one. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. pretty yeah. good. When he's in the middle of the woods with the duck in the book, and he's oh, don't bring like, it up, man. Oh, yeah, God. you know what I'm oh. talking about. This is the most like this is the most like heavy and, podcast you've ever done. I know. And he's just it, he just Wh- looks. Which at got it nothing just... to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks up and he's just like, I'm lost. And you're like, oh, poor guy. He's just lost. Um, for. Actually, funny story. I don't remember what Winnie the Pooh movie it was, but it was one of like the. It came out. I want to say in the early two thousands, maybe late nineties. Uh, there was one thing, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember watching it. And Christopher Robin went to Winnie the Pooh, and he was just like, "Pooh, I'm gonna be right back. Just hang out right here. It'll be fine. Just hang out right here." And and Pooh wasn't paying attention. So like Christopher Robin goes away for like a couple days because he goes to summer camp or something like that, and Pooh is devastated. He thinks he's abandoned. He goes looking for him. He doesn't understand what's going on. And it was super sad. Because it's like, whose whole existence is around this kid? What happens when you take the kid out of the equation? Mm. It was pretty just like heart, heart-wrenching for me. Um, for comics, I Kill Giants and We Three. We Three is something I, th- I was thinking about putting in for to ask you guys about. But... I kind of decided it's a little too short. I don't think we'd get a lot of uh, good talking points out of it. But essentially about three animals who get um, kind of experimented on get cybernetic implants. And it kind of goes from there. It's a... Did you read it, Casey? Oh, yeah. Oh, big Yeah, it's a dog, a cat, and a bunny, right? Oh, my God. I'm surprised that I didn't choose it as one of my choices. Um, But thank you for bringing it up because now it's probably my number one choice. I, I got extremely choked up at the end of that. Extremely. Yeah, I've never actually owned a pet in my entire life, uh, but that doesn't stop you from from any kind of emotion. You you if you read that, you will have an emotional response to this. It was even worse for me because when I read it, it had been about a year after my dog had died. Oh god! So it was still pretty fresh. I was like, no. <laughs> um, but that yeah, that definitely. And obviously, I killed giants, which is why I picked it. Uh, that would probably be about it for... Oh, well, I guess, like, my first going through of The Walking Dead as well, before I got, like, desensitized to it, that was some pretty emotional stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Walking Dead got me emotionally um, frustrated with uh, issue 50. Um, and long-time readers know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, basically, when they leave the prison, finally. Uh, yeah. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, stuff happens, Fuck. and I'm just like, that's it. I'm done. I well, like. I mean, like, I just, we, I we, we no... can talk about we can talk about that because like it already happened, kind of not not really in the show. Oh, it happened in the show. And I tell everyone that oh, like I, I mean I'm not the guy who goes the books better than the movie because I don't read a lot. But for comics, like in Walking Dead, it's so like, the show is so watered down from what the comics. So are. I'm I'm good. I can just say it. Just say it. Okay, uh, so spoilers, the, everyone who doesn't want to know, but go ahead. Okay, so the governor uh, is trying to get at all the survivors that are in the prison, so he fucking rolls in there with his full army to basically fuck them over. Um, and Rick's wife and is shot and killed with a shotgun in the midsection, and she falls over and crushes the baby daughter in her arms. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was like, you know what? Just fuck this. 
I've read this comic for four years, more than four years. I've seen characters come and go. I've seen them suffer, this, this, and that. I'm like, I don't... This is making me depressed, watching them try and survive. And while that is fantastic writing, don't get me wrong, I have no interest mm. in reading it anymore. I just, I'm just not capable of handling it. Yeah. I can't. It, like, it, it got on. more repetitive after that. It, it became such a formulaic thing. In the show's doing the same thing right now. And I haven't watched uh, the last couple seasons. But when I was watching it, it was... They wander around for a bit. They find a place to settle in. Uh, they have a quarrel amongst themselves. Oh my god, zombies show up. They're wandering around for a bit. Characters they die. find a place. The characters die. And the, the people die in there somewhere. And that's why you never get attached to anyone in those in that book or that, that show. It's- it's kind of amazing and sad at the same time because, like, especially in the com- – I didn't read much of the comic. I just, like, sprinkled through it here and there. But um, sure. in the comic and even the show, like, the best run they had was with the governor. When yeah. the governor was, like, their the villain or the governor was, like, the danger, that's when they had the best run, you know, because it was someone like Rick but was willing to do way worse, you know. And it just made it, and it just brought it down to a reality where it's like it wasn't about the zombies anymore. It's about like other people in this world. But he wasn't even like Rick in the in the book. He was just deranged. Well, that's like, what I mean. Never... He was like he was a figurehead. He was a leader. Oh, sure, he was, yeah, a, okay. he was yeah, gonna okay, do yeah. whatever he had to do to get ahead. He was more like a know? Lord Humongous than he was Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and what like, Michonne does to him too? Get goddamn rusty spoons. Rusty spoons. In what? In what orifice? Where? <laughs> I uh, you, you want a serious answer? Probably every orifice. Yeah. Uh. So in the comic, he rapes Michonne. Jesus. What? Yeah. Wait, yeah. who does? The governor? The governor. Yeah. <laughs> the governor is not what? like he is in the show. He is. He looks more like Danny Trejo. Oh, that's cool. Um, He is crazy. He chops off Rick's hand. Like, it's fucking nuts. And then he, he rapes Michonne, and Michonne comes back and gets her revenge and, like, gets a rusty spoon, probably shoves it up his ass, up his he ends up hole. The governor ends up missing an eye and arm and probably other things the next time you see yes. him after the rusty spoon yes. incident. And I'm assuming that after all of that, she also scooped out his eyeball with the same spoon. Yeah. Um, and he's literally... So remember in the, in the show, he had the tank scene kind of going on? It's even crazier because he's missing limbs, and he's riding on this tank, screaming like, like a maniac, him. holding yeah. a sword, like yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, and he doesn't kill Herschel like he does in the show. It's it's um, Ty- Tyrese who gets the the beheadedness. So, Another good character. Yeah, yeah, and again, much better, much much better in the uh, the book too. But that's neither here nor there. That should probably be another podcast at some other point. I love on the comment you said he looks like Danny Trejo. He kind of then... does. Did you look him up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll look him up after this. It's just like I was talking to. It's funny because I was talking to a friend the other day about Hollywood uh, whitewashing, quote unquote, and I was like, "That's yeah. amazing." I mean, it'd have been cool if, like, imagine if Danny Trejo was a governor. Well, it's it's kind of like he just has that look. I don't know what ethnicity he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Uh, but he has like the long hair. He's got like the Danny Trejo mustache going on. Um, the comics is, is in black and white, so you don't mm-hmm. really you either get white, Asian by like the stereotypical eyes, or like black, and that there's no other races. He, sound, he sounds cool though. He's not like this like no. Uh, he's not. He's not like what he was in the show. 
Yeah, like like in the show, it's like do they like because now I'm just like all right, so did they do that for ratings or something? Like, hmm, let's get this handsome dude to be the governor. Yeah, so this like Liam Neeson. Type. Yeah, like <laughs> guys who play Superman, dude. <laughs> guys yeah. who play Superman. Yeah, the guy who does the voice of Superman. You know, I keep forgetting his you're, name. You're Dean Keynes. No, it's like... no, no, no. The guy who does the voice of uh, Jim Daly, uh, George Newbern. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that guy looks like him. Now the original one, Casey. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Although I guess like I'm finding a picture of him, yeah, he's totally like. It's tough though, because that artist like, it looks as he looks Hispanic. I remember him looking a lot more weaselly than he looks like Danny Trejo. But I mean, again, I haven't read it since years now. He's nuts. Is is the moral of the story? Just fucking nuts. But um, and it always that's I think that's the thing that drove me away from from fucking Walking Dead too. Was just like. There are all these moments that were a lot deeper and a lot more emotional and a lot more fucked up in the books. And they, like, toned it down because of, you know, like, TV reasons. And it's just like, like you know, how Carl killed Shane. Way different in the books than in the mm. comic. Or than in the uh, the show. Uh, but anyway, Serge, what about you with emotional things? I have no emotions. Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already went over. I am Sergiac. Mm-hmm. I'm right the back. I am from the future. Bullshit. <laughs> I can think of some. I can think of at least two things that'll bring emotion to you. Yes, son of now, a bitch. Listen. Okay. All right. So Star Wars definitely. Uh, okay. Let's let's see. Let's get on the line. Um, I can't really say much about comics because I I haven't read comics since I was a kid. Uh, I can say movie wise, uh, a couple different things. Uh, one that really comes to mind is from. Uh, the Watchmen, and, and in the Watchmen, there's many, many. Oh, man, I just love how the way that movie was directed. There's so many intricate stories put into one co- coherent, amazing movie. Don't know why the X Men movies can't do that, but whatever. That's for a different uh, podcast. Anyway, uh, the story that really gets me uh, in in the Watchmen is the story of Doctor Manhattan, and I just I just love how he's narrating his story. He's a normal man, and uh, but but he's narrating it. As Doctor Manhattan, not as he was in his human form, and you know he's just like like nineteen fifty whatever. Like I, I stare at her, she looks back at me. Like we go to a carnival, like I win her a stuffed toy, she smiles. Like I remember whatever or not. But the, the the part that really gets me is that he he was just trying to just be like a really good scientist and help mankind out, and like he was a nerd, and he finally gets this girl. She's really pretty. They go out on a date and stuff like that, and then he goes back into the test chamber for his watch, and. Uh, I see the and, horrified and, look on yeah, her face. And, yeah, I see the horrified look on her face. Like, the, the, the test chamber closes, and they, they can't open the door because cause it's a test chamber. And uh, and the, the, the guy comes over, and he's, he's like, the way he comes to the window, and he sees he can't help out his friend, and, and Janie, like, the way she comes to the window, and she just backs away. And I'm just like, no, he's about to lose everything. He's going to die. He's a nerd. He just got everything that he wanted in his life. He's a successful scientist. He's got a good girl. And then, uh, and then the, the machine starts up. And he knows what's going to happen. And then I, I, this part always gets me. And then he goes, and then I feel fear for the last time. And his body just gets racked into oblivion. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I love that line. And then I feel fear for the last time. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That's insane. Then, I love that part. You, just to add to that, too, which I think makes it even more emotionally striking, he has this whole monologue while he's dropping a photograph from his hand to the soil on Mars. Mm. It all happens within the span of just a couple of seconds to us that he basically relives almost an entire lifetime. 
Yeah, and like the, 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 the summer music, the way everything is framed, the production quality, like everything, it just, it just gets you. <laughs> it just gets you. God. I, I almost uh, think that just with the added effect of the music and the way the narration flows, it's, it's better done than it, it even was in the book. Yeah, the book gets away with doing things that the movie can't do, though. Yeah. Which is, like, they show you how Dr. Manhattan perceives time, and it's all at the same time. And the way they do that is, like, they have, like, one storyline going at the top of the page, one in the middle, one at the bottom, and you're supposed to all read it at the same time, and that's how he lives time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's fucking... That's really and it's nuts. something you can't really do in a movie without kind of taking you out of... Or, I exactly. guess, without ruining your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it it would be too much noise going on at once. But yeah, uh, say, oh, that's a great um, choice, Serge. Man, I didn't even think of that, dude. Like that that part, <laughs> God, that part gets me. It really does. Just just that that line alone, everything culminating, and then like before his body just gets blasted into oblivion, and before he constr- he learns how to construct himself again. Just that line, I feel fear for the last time. Like he just completely let go and just. Rah, <laughs> I was like, oh God, that's amazing. Um, game-wise, oh man, that's really tough, game-wise. What triggered an emotional response from me, game-wise? Um, a lot of cool things happen in Skyrim, but, uh, I want to, I want to say Kingdom Hearts, maybe? Just in general, or any specific? I don't know, I told you, I'm, I'm an emotionless, no, no, yeah, emotionless yeah, yeah. He keeps oh, his oh, real simple. Okay, okay, no, 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 okay, okay, I know what it is, it's, uh, it's, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus definitely had a huge emotional response for me, just the way that you were this guy, um, you know, uh, on this journey. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, really, it wasn't really the fact that he was doing it to save, like, his girl or whatever, it's the fact that, like, what he was going through just to defeat these gigantic monsters and it's one of the best games i've ever played and the musical score lends to it i mean oh god i remember like being be feeling excited sad overjoyed i mean i remember the first time you fight your first like air colossus like you have to go to this temple you you have to swim up to a platform and then the music is just very somber and uh, I remember playing playing in, uh, in 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 the dorm room back in the day, and like a whole bunch of people were, were in there. We were taking turns with each each colossi. We've never played the game before, and it was my turn. And I was like, "Oh God!" And we we're like, "Okay, how do you get its attention? It's all the way up there. It looks like a gigantic vulture bird looking thing, but it's made out of stone and rock and earth and like tall like dead grass and everything." And I was like, "Oh, let me just shoot an arrow at it." So I aim, shoot an arrow at it. It lifts off the ground. You can hear it in the distance, just. And then all of a sudden, it comes up to you. The music is still somber. And the music is perfectly timed. When it gets right to you, you jump on it, hold the grab button, and then it's all... I was like, oh my god! This is amazing! And we're my buddies, my buddy Wilson, and he had an amazing surround sound system, and he had it turned up for each battle. So when that happened, it was just this booming, huge orchestra that was just like, you're in hero mode, go! Defeat it! You're like, oh god, what do I do? And I was just... I remember, like, just everyone in that room was just washed over just with that huge hero feel, like, oh, God, like, kill the thing, do it. Oh, man, it was crazy. Just that huge rush, a huge rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You um, just inspired me, Serge. Like, that'd be an awesome tattoo, like the freaking, um, like the, what's, what's it called? Like the holy spot, the spot that the, like the Colossi had? Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, get on my back or my shoulder, his... it's like, ugh. Yeah, if you guys ever play this game, like you, you, it's only boss battles. You fight twenty of them, and they get bigger and bigger each battle. And uh, you have to uh, pretty much stab with a sword these special insignia areas on the Colossus. You have to find them, 
And uh, and for that one, it's on its wings. So when when you stab it, like it does a barrel roll, it flies and everything. It's crazy. You got to hold on for dear life, and you don't have like a big meter at, at that point in the game. So you're like, oh god, I gotta use this sparingly. And <laughs> oh man, it's just crazy. I remember that just jumping on, and then then the music just kicks in. Ah uh, oh, god, just this big huge orchestra just playing for you, the hero. Mm. Yeah. Um. Some notable mentions for me that just just dawned on me. Uh, Gears of War three. Uh, spoilers. Ooh. Dom's death. Oh God! Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Like he drove away. He's like, "Where are you going?" He turns around and you're like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" Um. Also, Gears of War two. Carmine's death. Like the second Carmine. That was pretty fucked up. Oh, yeah, that... <laughs> There's so many Carmines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they even like harp on it in three. I think. Yeah, they do. Well, that, oh, was, that was the whole joke. Remember, like yeah. they took a vote. It's like, does this Carmine die or live? Yeah. Like so for those of you who don't know, Gears of War 3, there's brothers uh, that are all in the Cog army. And they're all last name Carmine. So the first one, uh, he's trying to reload and he gets shot in the head. The second one here is like stories of his brother and how great he is and stuff like that. He makes it a little bit further. He makes it almost all the way through the game. But ends up falling out of like, you know, their vehicle as a monster is trying to eat them. And then he... Uh, get split in two but is alive to see his like guts spill out and stuff like that pretty fucked up the third one is awesome because he lives and he's just the, the most badass of them all but they fuck with you on it and they make you think he dies like 12 times throughout the game dude i was just like why are they doing this? <laughs> he just keeps on coming back yeah like stop playing with us <laughs> another good notable mention i think before we run out of time and i think we all agree with it the end of red dead redemption Oh yeah! Oh god! I can't believe none of us mentioned it, but you thought you just reminded me of it when you said X when you said Gears of War, and it's like that final fucking scene, like in the barn. Just oh my god, dude! Everyone who played Red Dead Redemption, everyone I talked to tried to like, like <laughs> go out like a G. Everyone would try to restart yep. and like kill everybody. The goddamn guy! Like, all right, where's that guy? Okay, he's behind that dude in the crowd. The main guy who comes to get you. Oh, man, John Martian is in a barn and just opens a door like a G. He doesn't run or anything, just opens it up, and he's like, all right, let's go. And then you try to dead-eye every single one of the of the, of the, uh, the law enforcement that comes to get you, and you try to get the main guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember, like, I, I tried to reach out many times, and you, you can't get him. It's impossible to get him. But yeah. what's cool is that, like, uh, I, I didn't even know. I did it a couple times. Uh, what's cool is that, like, his face and his body – was really advanced uh, for for the time. Like uh, uh, there was a shot that grazed uh, me, John Marston, on on pretty much my mouth, and like flesh was torn off, so he looked like a Terminator with the teeth hanging out and everything. Mm. And I was just like, "What?" I was like, "That's crazy." I was like, "What is it? Really that advanced?" Yeah, it was cool. Like like the flesh was ripped away. So when I was when I was falling down to my death, like you saw like the bare teeth and everything. I was like, "What?" Yeah. And then and then, and then I replayed, uh, tried to do that scene again to see if I can get the main guy, and that, that didn't happen. Another part of my face got uh, hit by bullets, and hmm. that was still there. So I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." But yeah, man, everybody tried to restart and, and not die. It was just what made it like sad and tragic and great at the same time. It wasn't like the, how it ended, just by just the character they built up of John Mars, Mar, Marston and the oh, sure. shit you had to do that entire game. And then get to the very end, because once you find out it's about your wife and kids, like, all right, no matter what I do, i got to save them, you know? And, like, whether you did good or bad, whether you became, like, the be- the greatest hero the West has ever seen or the greatest, like, villain, you fell in love with that character. And just anything he does just sounds cool. Like, when people ask him to do bounties or something, he just says, maybe I will, you know? And in the most coolest, like, badass Western way possible. And just the... He... There's... 
honestly, like, I think we all knew it. There's no way that game could have ended other than that. Yeah. And also yeah. the most ingenious use of New Game Plus. Brain. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Because he's, well, not even the zombie thing. Just like, you know, you play his son. Yeah, which which I, I didn't care for too much, but I was like, all right, they're giving us something. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you think about it, like, in order to preserve the story and continue, like, cause, you know, like, Rockstar games are, you get to go do whatever you want after you beat it. Like, how do you do that if he's dead? You don't. Yeah, you play his kid. His son. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Even um, so, though, like, once I get to that point, I even want to finish the bounties. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I don't, I don't want any more missions. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I was just like, nope. Yeah, his, the kid's voice was kind of annoying, too, even when he was a grown-up. So I was like, yeah. yeah I was kind of in the same boat, but I, I love that game so much that I, I did as much as humanly possible on there. Um, it was awesome. I, I got a friend to, to, to buy it based off of just me hunting. He's like, this is like Oregon Trail, but better? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You feel like John Wayne in it. Did you guys get the dastardly achievement in it? Which one's that? So that's the one where you have to hog tie a woman and leave her on the train tracks. The train tracks, yeah. Watch a train run over her. <laughs> Did it. Yep. <laughs> oh my the, god, I'm gonna the do that dastardly tonight. achievement. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the game got a lot of flag for that. Yeah. That. But it was a fun achievement. It was fun. It was it was pretty funny and it fit with the the theme, you know what I mean? Um, but with that, and as always, as all good things, this podcast, or this preview podcast must come to an end. Um, all right, everyone. Yeah, do do the thing, Sergio. You do it. <laughs> Pressing eject day button. I'm <laughs> blasting off again. That's great. Well, everybody, that's it for the preview podcast of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody out there in the internet land. Tune in with us every Thursday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Funky, where you can join the conversation. Give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook. We also have Instagram. Everything that you want and more to keep in touch with us and find out about our latest uh, views on everything going on in our world, like Fallout, the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Arrow, The Flash, all those shows we started back. I don't know about Agents of Shit. Anyway, uh, nailed it. If you're on Android, download the SoundCloud app and search for Bad Cody Funky. Find us on iTunes as well at Bad Cody Funky. And remember, Thursdays, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time for the full podcast on twitch.tv slash Funky. Also check badcardiofunky.com for everything you actually care about. Until Thursday, this has been the Bearded Menace Dave. I don't want to close my eyes. TV's Casey. I don't want to fall asleep. God damn it, I swear. Booster Greg. Because I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing. Damn it. <laughs> we'll see you later, or we'll see you another time. Cause even when I dream of you Damn it <laughs> Sweetest dreams will never true Cause I miss you babe And I don't want to miss you Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate it